Welcome to Between Two Chairs, Demystifying Commercial Real Estate, the podcast that brings you the latest insights and trends on the South Florida commercial real estate market with your hosts, Fernando Arencibia Jr. and Jennifer Woolman. In each episode, we dive into the world of commercial real estate and break down complex concepts to make them accessible for everyone. Whether you're a real estate professional, a curious investor, or just interested in the South Florida market in general, Between Two Chairs is the podcast for you. So pull up a chair and join us. Welcome, everybody. Last episode that we did was Connect the Dots. And so today we're going to focus on a book by Ryan Holiday called The Obstacle is the Way, one because you quote it so, so often. I did bring the book and this one is a newer one because the other one was all like scribbled on. And, And the reason we're doing this is for preparing our mindset for 2024. The reason I say that is because already there's a lot of noise out there, right? There's it's a election year. There's a lot of talk about interest rates coming down, but then we're seeing the jobs report being really, really strong inflation in several parts of the country, still really, really high. So what do you do with all of this noise, all of this information? So I thought going back and focusing on the lesson from his book, The Obstacle is the Way, would be a good way to to prepare us for everything that's coming in 2024. And last week's episode, Connect the Dot, kind of set the framework for what we should be looking for in commercial real estate in 2024. Again, the uncertainty, inflation, especially in Miami, but by connecting the dots, you can see where real estate is going compared to where it currently is. With Ryan Holiday's book, it helps you drown out the noise and take advantage of obstacles that may present itself. And I love what he says. Obstacles are things that just happen in our lives. They're not negative or positive. It's the perception that we put on it. And he goes on to talk about, you know, how many companies were formed during either the Great Depression or the Great Financial Crisis or during COVID, etc. So at the very beginning of the book, he has one of my favorite quotes, and it's great individuals like great companies find a way to transform weaknesses into strengths. And he gives three steps for doing that. Since I'm an animal person, I put it into an acronym PAW, right? It's <laughs> perception, action, and will. I love that. That's great. <laughs> yeah. And I know you really rely on this book a lot for yeah. a lot of your quotes and your ideas. So yeah. tell me a little bit about your thoughts on the book. This is a, a book that is based on the, uh, the Stoic philosophers and the writings of, um, you know, meditations by Marcus Aurelius and Epictetus and, you know, all these other great Stoic philosophers. And and it, it really is a book about practical application. It is not a rah, 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 you know, motivation book. It's not a self-help book from that angle. It's really about, to your point, the first one I think is the most important out of, out of Paul, which is perception. And it's really a book about perception. If you 
you change your perception about the obstacles, the difficulties, sometimes uh, the turbulent times that we have to navigate, it's going to inform the way that you act. It's going to inform your will to move things along and move things forward. So there's something beautiful about the idea that, you know, when you are confronted with difficult times or with a difficult decision or a difficult moment, whether it is personal or professional, that you begin to look at the problem as a way for the problem itself to be the way to the solution or if it is an impetus for something better or for something different that you perhaps were not anticipating and it really changes everything you you begin to see the world a little bit differently when you look at it from that prism i think we all wear a shade of glasses that imparts all the decisions that you make in your day-to-day. And I think it's important to always work on that and to always recognize that the decisions that we make on a day-to-day are based on the perceptions that we have about the world around us, you know? And so I think that there is something really powerful about the writings that are in this book. And I think that the way that Ryan Holiday uh, presents it is so practical and so direct that it can help a lot of people. It's it's, It's not a very difficult read. And uh, it really propels you to to understand. And when I picked up this book, I was going through a very tough time uh, or what I perceived to be a tough time. And it really began to shift my mindset as to what it is that I was confronting. And in my experience, the obstacle really did become the way, you know, Mm -hmm. because I became better for it. I learned so much. It's in the losing that you that you learn. That's the, the reality of life. You know, it's not in the winning. And so when you look at obstacles from that perspective, and you're looking at it from an, as an opportunity to learn something, as an opportunity to grow, then it really sh- shifts your mindset. And you kind of begin to carry yourself with a little bit of a, um, a shield, right, uh, against how sometimes we can have, and I heard somebody say this uh, phraseology, ruminative thoughts, like, it, you know, your, your mindset goes into a cycle. Your, your thinking begins to be circular. You know, you're, you're not really going directly at addressing a problem, but you, all you're doing is ruminating over the problem over and over and over and so over again. kind of beating around the bush, right. going around and around in circles right. instead of tackling it straight on and move forward. That's right. That's right. Yeah. So what I loved about this book, because I always try to remind myself of this, is to always focus on what you can control, right? And that yeah. goes to the perception. Something happens, it's neither good or bad, it just basically is. You can't control it, you can control how you can react to it. So I love that and I think it applies a lot to real estate, right? So you've been working on this deal for a really long time, something happens, it blows up, it falls through. It's like the end of the world, especially in commercial, right? Where there's often a lot of money on the time, but more importantly, there's a ton of time that has been put into it. So you can sit there and you could go, woe is me, oh my gosh, I can't believe I wasted all this time, but that's already happened. You can't control the fact that the buyer or the seller backed out. You can't control the fact that you're pretty sure you tried everything you possibly could to keep it together. So what do you do? Do you let that pull you down and ruin the rest of your year? Or do you do a quick analysis? You know, what do you call it? Like an exit interview or a postmortem and say, okay, what went wrong with this deal? Is there anything I could have done differently? What could I have asked the buyer? What could I have asked the seller? How could I have worked through due diligence? Whatever it is. 
and take that information, learn from it, and then yeah. and then move on. And in 2023, you know, we had inflation and interest rates that were the main factors that basically just completely took the wind out of the sales of commercial real estate, which had experienced their best years, I think, in the history yeah. of commercial real estate yeah. during the, the middle to end of 2020, 21 and the beginning of 2022. So moving forward for 2024, um, the, you know, predicting the year ahead, NAR has put together kind of what they think might happen, right? At the end of the day, we can't control anything. Correct. But if you are an expert or an investor in office, do you leave? Do you abandon that asset class? Right that you know, that you have all your contacts in, or do you say, okay, office is gonna go through a really tough couple of years, depending, right. kind of regardless of what the interest rates do, because the reality is, right. is that work has changed, how people perceive work has changed. So what do you do? Yeah. Retail's on a total high right now, right? Retail's doing great, industrial's great. The predictions are that they're still gonna do pretty well. Right. So as an investor, do you just keep riding that high right. or do you sell? As an agent dealing in retail, you know something, eventually something's gonna happen to right. disrupt you know, retail. Who could have predicted COVID, right. right? But a lot of the predictions that people had about how COVID was gonna affect real estate didn't happen. Correct. Or they didn't happen immediately. Yeah. Maybe they're happening now and we're paying right. for some of that. That was kind of why I wanted to get into this perception because yeah. it's in the obstacle yeah. that is put before you that the opportunity arises. And if you can connect the dots That's right. between the obstacle and the opportunity, you're going to have a phenomenal year, regardless of what your asset class does, regardless of what the interest rate does, regardless of who becomes president, That's right. all that kind of stuff. So yeah. I, I think there is something about understanding that at the end of the day, when you're an investor or you're a broker in this sector in commercial real estate, you know, or really anything that you do in life, when you're confronted with obstacles or percept, perceived obstacles, you always have to go into what are the basics? What are, what are the most important basic factors? Especially when you're talking about office, you know, there's great opportunity in office. And you and I have looked at some deals in the West Coast where office has been hurting the most, where we're looking at it and we're seeing, wow, fundamentally, there is an incredible opportunity in some of these assets that have been so devalued by everything that is happening. So oftentimes, the asset class that gets beat up the most in the press is the one where you have the largest opportunity for a great investment. And we did that a podcast about you know investing on the edge of scary. And I think this is not about the edge of scary in regards to location, but it's in regards to the asset class and everything that is getting bombarded about the death, quote unquote, of office. I think that what happens here is as an investor, when you are looking at not headwinds, but when you're looking at things that can potentially be negatively affecting an asset class that you're an investor in or an asset class that you have yet to invest in, but that you're looking at is you got to always bring it down to its more most fundamental facts. And I think that we often 
catastrophize the things that, that are not fundamentally important, right? And we make the obstacle bigger than what it is. And that's kind that of happen. that loop in your head that you were talking well, about. Because as you go right. in circles, it kind of that's snowballs. Right. So the thing right. gets bigger and bigger and more negative yeah. and more negative, which is why it's so important to see what's happening, acknowledge it. So Ryan says, don't ignore your feelings, don't ignore your fear, don't ignore right. your sadness or hurt or anger or whatever it is, right. acknowledge it. That's right. Acknowledge that this stunk, right? That, That's that right. the fact that the that deal sucks. fell through really right. sucked, yeah. but then move on. And yeah. so I think that to your point. I, what I find really interesting is that, so the, the book is divided into three main chapters, which is there's a chapter on perception, there's a chapter on will, there's a chapter on, on action. All of those things are important. There's also, you know, something that permeates the whole book that if you go through an obstacle, through it, not around it, you know, not avoiding it, because the one thing that you learn is that you cannot put your head in the sand, right? That's not what this philosophy is about. The philosophy is about confronting what is, Reality. right? Not what we hope for it to be, or not that we don't want to confront it, but it is about confronting it. So therefore, you have to accept that it is here, and you have to accept what it is that you're confronting. What permeates through the book is that there also has to be a lesson. You have to have learned what are the things that you were perceiving that were wrong, what are the, what are the actions that you were taking that were not in your control, you know, and do you have the will to persevere and to look at the problem in a different way? And I've met so many brokers that I think that they've learned the long, wrong lesson, you know, which is sometimes they have managed to perceive that if they are freaking out about everything, right, and that they're working really hard and they're making all the calls and they're they're doing everything that they think they can by, by rustling all their things, that somehow that is the only reason why they're able to get a transaction through the finish line. What I've learned and what I think most brokers learn through experience is that there are a lot of parties to the transaction, right? And that things, if they're done well from the beginning, often will find a way to work themselves out. And that sometimes all you have to do is just be steady right with the way that you are handling you know the process a friend of mine he was a client who became a friend and i remember we were going through a um a difficult moment in a transaction in which the seller basically was trying to find a way to remove him as the buyer from the transaction he was trying to find a way within the contract to basically find to cancel the contract because as we were suspecting he had found somebody that was willing to pay him more for the building and so my client's way of handling it is to say well if he's looking for something in the contract that is going to kick me out of <laughs> buying this property then i have to look for something within the contract that is going to keep me in control of this transaction and that's a exactly what he did as we're going through this you know of course he he has his attorney the attorney is reviewing the contract you know we're going through it at the end of the conversation all of the particulars I asked him well how do you feel you know how do you feel about our prospects and he told me this story he says well you know when I was in college I took this um, sailing course the sailing course has multiple steps and the last thing that you do in the sailing course is you go out for probably the longest trip you 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 do and then they hit terrible terrible weather and everybody's kind of freaking out and they're kind of forgetting what they learned he's looking at at this scenario and you know it's a really 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 bad weather but then he's looking at the captain and the captain is super steady super in control and basically directs everybody 
do this, do that. And so he felt that, you know what, I have a, there's a steady hand guiding this, this boat. So it was fine. And he was telling me, I feel the same way after having a conversation with my attorney. I think we're on solid ground. I think we have a steady hand guiding the vehicle. What I find interesting is after reading this book, I look back at so many issues and problems that I've had to handle in my professional career and how everything that was supposed to happen happened, right? right? And when I was freaking out was because my perception was all wrong. Right. Yeah. So I think that story that you told takes us into the next one, which is yeah. action, right? Yeah. So he says, a persistent action is the cure to whatever obstacle you face. And he wrote, persist in your efforts, resist giving in to distraction, discouragement, and disorder. Again, he that says so it's true. okay to be discouraged. That's right. But don't let discouragement stop you because that's when you go into a loop. And he used a really great example from Silicon Valley. So Silicon Valley, when these tech companies come up with a product, like when Apple first came up with the iPhone, they put out the minimum viable product, the MVP, which is what is the least product that we can do with so that we're spending the least amount of money to put it out in the market and test what works and what doesn't work. And that way, if the product fails and the consumer hates it and it doesn't go anywhere, they haven't spent a ton of money. But if the consumer loves it, they know they're on the right track and they can right. invest more time and money and start tweaking it. And he wrote, just follow the process. So I think to your point, the reason the sailing instructor did right. well was because he was trusting in the process, right? That's it's right. what pilots do, it's what astronauts yeah. do, and it's what Ryan Holiday recommends that yeah. we all need to get better at, that we need to really focus, be persistent in whatever actions we take to move our needle forward. Yeah and then to just follow the process and trust the process. I love you so much. You know, we haven't spoken about the book before, you know, having this podcast. And I, I, I think, I mean, you're so smart because, and you're so perceptive because that's exactly the point is about the importance of the process. You know, I started in the real estate industry and the mortgage business. And I remember I was still teaching, so I would teach. And then like 3.30, 4 o'clock, I would go to the office and I would be there for a couple of hours. And Part of it was learning and immersing myself. And then my first summer where I was there all the time, I saw the habits, right? For lack of a better term, of one of the top producing, you know, mortgage brokers in the company. And I always found it weird. He was never the first person in the office, right? <laughs> he would always show up like around 9, 30, 10 in the morning. Then he would take out this old calendar, right? And he would go down the list and he would just start making phone calls. And so for like from 10 to like 12, 1230, he was just, you know, making phone calls. And then he would close the book, get up and go have lunch. And, you know, one day, you know, we're having a conversation and he's freely sharing his approach. And he was saying like, this is a business where there seems to always be a fire happening. There's always an emergency. There's always something that needs to happen. There's always something that, you know, there's a paperwork that we're missing or, you know, this, this didn't get approved or whatever it is. All of those things are things that they need to be addressed. They need to be handled. You need to have a system for those. That's all fine and dandy. But the most important thing for me and the only thing that I can fully 100% control is that there are these phone calls 
that I have committed to making every day from 10 to 12, no matter what happens to me, I only focus on the process. And then he told me, now you might say, I'm focusing on the process because that's how I get business. And you may be right. I, I do get business out of those calls. Uh, or I'm focusing on the process because, you know, I don't wanna, I don't wanna handle the fires or the emergencies. And he goes, but I'm really focusing on the process for the sake of, of the strength of my mindset, which is if I'm focusing on the things that I can control, and I do that consistently, then everything else will fall into place. And I am not succumbing to the ebbs and flow of the emergencies perceived or real, right, that happen every day in our business. Right. And so, you know, to me, that's, that's what chapter on action is about, mm -hmm. you know, which is, are you directing your actions properly? Action is a big part of this, right? Because you, just like you cannot ignore your problems and just wish that they would go away and you have right. to face them on, you also can say, well, I changed my perception, therefore everything's going to work out. No, <laughs> you know, you change your perception, but now I have to act, but now my actions are going to be different because I'm seeing the problem in a very different light, right? right? And now I'm able to, instead of taking an ax to the problem, I can use a scalpel and say, this is the one thing that I can do that can positively affect everything else, but I'm gonna do that one thing and I'm gonna do it well. Agreed, agreed. Yeah. And I think it was in the action side, there was one part of this book that I had a really hard time with. Okay. And it that. was, so after you focus, you, you know, you change your perception and you focus on what you can control and you start to take action, you come up with your plan and your process, and then you have to come up and think totally negatively, like think of everything that can go wrong. And I'm like, no, why would I want to put that out in the universe? Like, but his point was that if you think of everything that that could go wrong, or at least the most likely things that can go wrong, you're going to be better prepared. And I think to your point about the contract that you did, right, or an investor who is is investing in a property to think, okay, so these are my assumptions. I'm assuming that I'm going to be able to put this amount of money in. I'm assuming that I'm going to be able to jack up the rents this much. I'm assuming this. Okay, so now what happens if something like COVID happens and all of a sudden your retail space is empty, your office is empty. So now forget jacking rents, right? And I think some of those things like a COVID, nobody could have imagined a right. COVID. But if you had been at least somewhat prepared by having run through yeah. the negative what ifs and prepared for maybe not the most the worst case scenario, right? Because if you always prepare for the worst, nothing's ever going to pencil out, then you're going to be better off because if it does happen, if that negative thing does happen, right. you're not shocked, right? right? And I think that's something that we do as brokers all the time, right. right? Like when we're checking in with our clients, well, what is the highest you're willing to go with this? Whether they tell you the number not doesn't matter. They just need to have in their mind where they're going to not go beyond that. And, you know, how would you feel if you don't get this property? Would you be okay walking away? Right. right? And as right. an investor, you're always okay That's walking right. away because it's better to make no deal than to That's make right. a bad deal, right? right. But so well, I think- you're, you're only, you're judged on your bad deals, not on your good deals. Correct. Right. Yeah. <laughs> correct. Yeah, yeah. So I think 
even though that part for me is really, really hard because I'm like, yeah. oh, I don't want to focus on the negative because yeah. if I focus on the negative, that's where your brain tends to go anyway. Yeah. And and I think that's not what he's saying. He's not saying focus on it. He's saying consider it, right. adjust right. for it, and then move on. Yeah. So I I... I liked oh. that, but I had to go over that a couple right. times because I'm like, yeah. wait, 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 wait. I was fighting that but one. Let me give you a different take on that chapter. And by the way, the name of the chapter is Prepare for None of It to Work. That's right. right? That's and right. the whole idea, right, of this, you know, of this approach to obstacles is to create resiliency within you as an individual, right? And so when he says prepare for none of it to work, what he's saying is that you cannot control the entire world. So some things, even with your best efforts, even with the right perspective and the right action, may not work, right? So you have to be dedicated to this, you know, ultra pragmatist approach to life and to obstacles to understand that if a new obstacle arises out of it, mm -hmm. right? It's almost like you already have the formula. Right. You know what you're going to be doing. You're going to control your perception. You're going to direct your actions properly. And you're going to willingly accept the things that are outside of your control. Because those are the only three things that we can do. So that chapter, for me, it didn't create an emotion of negativity for me. It created an emotion of, okay, I, I get it. This is not a, everything is going to work out as long as you give it your, your, you know, your, your best. best. I think that it's actually a very optimistic chapter because it talks about the resiliency of understanding understanding the power behind shifting your perception and the actions that go, come behind that shift in perception. And so, you know, I think that that, that part of it is very powerful just as a lesson in life, you right. know, but more importantly for the work that we do. Yeah, that even under the best of circumstances and everything right. that you do, and he said, sometimes to your point, that opens up another obstacle, it presents another obstacle, or it opens up a different path. You know, he right. says, just because somebody's coming up on your flank doesn't mean the side windows and doors aren't open. <laughs> so I loved that saying. Yeah. So then the final one is right. will. Is will. So what did you, what did you think or get out of that? Because then I want to ask you which one, which of the three you need to work on, which ones you find easy. Um, except, etc. I, I think what I found in so Will is is really the the reason why Will is at the end is because I don't think that you can willingly accept the things that are outside of your control mm -hmm. unless you take care of the things that are within your control, mm -hmm. right? So if at the end of the day you're going through a a rough time, if you have shifted your perception about the obstacle that's in front of you and you have acted accordingly and you have acted well, meaning that you've done everything that is within your power and you've done it to the best of your ability, then it's easier for you to willingly accept the things that are outside of your control because you have taken care of the things that are within your control. I think that what, what creates dissonance within us as human beings is when we don't do what we're supposed to do, right? Mm -hmm. And then we still have an approach of pointing the finger at all the things that we have no control over that we perceive as to be the, you know, the real problem. But if I'm able to control my actions and I'm able to act accordingly, then I can go to bed calmly and understand I've done everything that is within my power to do. 
and do that well. Okay, so let me read what he wrote because I love it. So yeah. about will, he wrote, this yeah. is the avenue for the final discipline, the will. Mm. If perception and action were the disciplines of the mind and the body, then will is the discipline of the heart and the soul. The will is the one thing we control completely, always. I can mitigate perceptions and give 100% of my energy to actions, but those attempts can be thwarted or inhibited. My will is different because it is within me. I love that. He's so good. Oh, my God. He's just so good yeah. at simplifying stuff and bringing stuff Absolutely. down. to. There's just so much power in those words it's really not a to say for those who haven't read it it's not a big book no it's a you know it, i mean it's really it, it really gets to the point and that one in itself is the point of the Stoics, which right. is let's remove all the flowery language. Let's just get to the meat of the matter and let's have some real conversations, you know, the way the way that I look at it. And there's one thing here that I that I find, you know, which is kind of a part of it for me is to find like minded individuals that also think in the same mm -hmm. light. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think that that there is something powerful about that, because the one thing that that I have found that is important with this entire process is that sometimes when you're in the middle of the fray, you can't see the obstacle for what it is and mm -hmm. you can't see what is the way through the obstacle. Right. And so being able to share with others and being able to have a conversation and being able to, to, to kind of have them look at the problem from an outside looking in, sometimes it becomes very, very helpful. Once I have gone through that process, right, and I have identified, okay, this is the obstacle, this is the opportunity, this is the way that I, I need to go, at the end of the day, which is to your point of that chapter, you know, things may or may not work out. But it is true that I totally have 100% control as to what I'm willingly are going, I'm going to mm -hmm. accept as things that are outside of my control and things that are within my control. But without the action, uh, there is no reprieve for the for the problem and it's persistent action and that's what right. i have trouble with so i i have no problem really with perception i think right. i'm i'm very very good at being I like agree. okay here's the drama you. let yeah. me just you know take it down to the point um will i'm an aries so i have strong <laughs> will <laughs> um and and for me action isn't a problem i'm always active it's i'm always taking action towards my goals my my challenge and what I'm going to focus on working on this year is persistent action, right? Because I might only give it one to two months and then I'm like, ah, this isn't working. Let me try something else. Well, is yeah. one to two months enough or should I continue doing that one action that I'm pretty sure is going to work kind of along the lines of the compound effect and maybe just to keep me focused on doing that persistent action, introduce something else that maybe gets a different yeah. effect. I don't know, but that's something that, yeah. that's why I kind of went back to this book now. Um, yeah. Because I knew this year, I feel like there's a ton of opportunity out there for all of us in 2024, yeah. but I know it's gonna get loud. I know it's gonna be rocky, yeah. right? I don't think right. anything's gonna go the way that yeah. that we predict. There's a lot of stuff going on, so. Well, I'll give you an example of what you're, what you're referencing, and you know, it's probably the best um, compliment that I've ever received is I worked with this attorney. I'd, at one point, we were doing this very small transaction, and it was a um, 
um, it was a short sale. So, you know, we had to deal with the bank and the approval and all those stuff, and it became complicated. It was a small transaction in, in, in as far as, you know, payment, right, for both of us. You know, we weren't making a lot of money. But at the end of the transaction, because he, you know, he wanted to give up, you know, halfway through it, he goes like, you know. I'll, financially, it's not worth it. Financially, it's not worth it, right? right. But he was telling me like, you know, if I'll say this for you, Fernando, you know, whether the deal is big or small, you're like persistent. You And I say like, I don't think in terms of numbers, right, when it comes to the, the compensation, I think in terms of I got to get it done, right? Mm -hmm. And so, you know, that's probably the best compliment I've ever received. And you know, my, my mindset is we'll get a referral from somebody. We'll, we'll make some calls. The person doesn't call you back. I tried three, four times, you know, the person's not coming back. It, it's hard for me to give up. It's hard for me to give up on that person. Now I might shift the way that I approach reaching out. I might, you know, find another angle, but it's just very hard for me to, uh, to, to let that go because it's the only thing that I can control is, is that persistent action, you know, you know, within my own limits. Right. Mm -hmm. But I think that there is something powerful about that, that you can go through a day in your life and feel very accomplished. And, you know, it, it didn't seem like anything happened right that day. But the example that I gave you about this broker, you know, showed up in the morning, made his phone calls. You know, he did everything that was within his control to be able to look at at, at the one thing that is the only focus that we should have, which is progress and not perfection, right? And so he's always looking for progress, but he's always controlling his actions. And that to me is what's powerful, you know, about this, uh, you know, about this approach. Agreed. Yeah. All righty. So do you have your... This is not necessarily a fun fact, but I, I did find something interesting, which is that the National Association of Realtors does this survey every year of big challenges on the horizon for real estate firms. And this is a survey of brokers and executives of both residential and commercial real estate brokerages. And, you know, what I found interesting is if you look at the biggest challenges, and again, looking at it from the angle of looking at opportunities is housing affordability, inventory, and, you know, keeping up with technology, those are the top three uh, of the biggest challenges face, facing residential and commercial firms over the next two years. So that's that's kind of, that's the way that, that things were awarded. And I found it interesting that both commercial and residential firms, at the top of the list was that housing affordability, which I think is where there's gonna be a lot of opportunity you know, whether on the commercial sector we look at adaptive reuse or we look at different ways uh, to provide housing. I think that I find it really interesting that there's a common ground here as to what we both consider to be the obstacle, right, for the next two years. And I think that that's where those that are going to find opportunity in those obstacles are going to be the ones that are, are that that can create something uh, you know very successful in their business. So and and as investors, so so yeah, that's what I would what I wanted to provide today. For me, it is from the Florida Chambers Foundation, whose mission is to grow Florida to be a top ten global economy by 2030. Today, if Florida were a country, it would be the 16th largest economy in the world. Wow. So we have we have some work to do. But the U-Haul 2023 U-Haul moving survey just came out 
and seven of the top cities were in Florida. We had the most by any state so far. So, I mean, by far, I should say. I think Texas was the next with three or four. So no matter what goes on, Florida is in a pretty good position overall. Our inflation is still high because all of the demand is going to drive up and keep real estate prices high. I mean, Miami itself has one of the lowest, and I think we're at like employment rate is like at 1.4 in the city. It's like unheard of low, which means inflation is going to be high, you know, but that means prices aren't going to come down soon, you know. Anyway, take all that information and then figure out what you can control to make it your best year in real estate. Absolutely. Absolutely. And as always, thank you all for listening to our modest podcast here between two chairs and for pulling up a chair and joining us. And, uh, you know, we love to hear feedback, you know, keep the ideas coming for new episodes. We have some great guests coming up this year and uh, that we're very excited for and uh, some some new ways to present the podcast to you all as well. So God bless you guys. Have a wonderful, wonderful 2024. And uh, that's it. Say bye. Bye.